J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. The J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm Johnny Radcliffe. I'm Jonathan Hobbs. And I'm John Chafee. Welcome back to the J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. Today's interview is stellar. Absolutely. And so without... <laughs> oh, you're going you're gonna to go right trying in? to oversell it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I have to still say, like, this is incredible. So if you have something to write down with, if you use a moleskin or a journal, or if you even take a note app on your phone, please go ahead and do yeah. that because... Yeah. Um, Johnny, Jonathan, and I were talking about our individual notes, and we each had different, completely different, different notes that stood out to each of us. So that means there is a whole plethora. And, and this is only the first half. Exactly. This is only this is a two-part interview, mm-hmm. and the first half is almost too much for us to. So yeah. So he has written a number of books. Yep. All of them are fantastic. One of them I loved was Sustainable Youth Ministry. Yeah. And really check him out more. But otherwise. Sit back and pay attention because this is a golden. I don't know. Maybe sit up and pay, sit up and pay attention. I don't know if you want to sit back on this one. Sure, do that. Uh, yeah. This is Jonathan Hobbs, and I am sitting here with Mark DeVries. Mark, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Glad to be with you. So, Mark, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I we're sitting here in Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville. Uh, at First Presbyterian Church, where I served as the youth pastor. For 28 years, so the uh, my real claim to fame is that uh, the parents of the kids in my last youth group were kids in my first youth group. So wow. that was it's pretty fun That's to uh, have the kids that came up for children's time uh, be the parents. You know, parent ministry takes on a whole nother uh, shape when you've when you've taken these kids on retreat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a little dirt on them. Absolutely, yeah. If your dad ever gets out of hand, you come talk That's to right. me. You come I... talk to me. I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, in addition to uh, serving here, uh, I get to lead a little organization called Ministry Architects, and we work with churches that are, you know, in some sort of transition. Uh, it started as Youth Ministry Architects back in 2002, and uh, and over the, uh, over the past few years, uh, that has expanded uh, as churches said, hey, can you do the same kind of thing with children's ministry or young adult ministry or with the whole church? And so we're, we're finding ourselves doing a lot of executive coaching and um, strategic plans and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so uh, essentially, we help, help ministries get out of stuck, whether it's a school or a church or a nonprofit. It's, it's just a thrill to get to do it. And then I'm also, uh, I also share a, a work with Kenda Dean called Ministry Incubators, where we take people's harebrained ideas for missional entrepreneurship and help them get them cooked up and sent out into the world. So those are kind of the three hats that, that I'm wearing these days. I know on Ministry Architects, which is at ministryarchitects.com, uh-huh. you have a free digital book that they can sign up for. I want to make yeah, sure yeah. that's still mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And that book is called... The Seven Epic Mistakes of Youth Ministry. And I love or, it. And one of the things you said in there that I really like, that I, I'm not sure if people hear it enough, is the idea of if a job description says, we want someone to come in and give us a vision for youth ministry, it's like you're, you're already dead in the water. Right, right. Uh, can you just talk a little bit 
just about that concept because I think that is different than what you normally what you normally read on a job description. Yeah, yeah, we're sort of expected uh, as a new youth worker, especially in a place that has has been depressed ministry wise, mm. and. You know, the truth is, at least half of the folks stepping into a ministry role are stepping into a depressed situation. There's been a conflict or there's been years of sort of, uh, you know, disappointing kind of activity. And uh, so the church is so desperate. They just want somebody to come in and tell them, here's what you need to do. Here's the answer. You know, I'll I'll step back from that immediate conversation just to identify that we really have observed there are two, really two types of youth workers. Uh, You got the um, sort of uh, disruptive innovator who comes in with great ideas, loves to blow things up. That's me. That's so me. Oh, that's that's so me. And the the danger (laughs) is that often those folks they don't stay as long as you have stayed. Right, right. And after they've blown stuff up, they leave some carnage in their wake. Yep. All right? The other kind of leader is a uh, just a systems leader, and they say, we're going to get you from chaos to stability. And they put all these systems in place. And uh, so Ministry Architects has sort of been known as the systems organization. Mm-hmm. Mark Ostriker right. might be known as the... Uh, disruptive innovator. Yep. I, I'm convinced that it is in the creative tension between those two types that effective ministry happens. I think Mark is too. That's so good. If all you have is systems, you're going to have a stale ministry. Mm-hmm. You're going to get to stable and then you get to stale. Doesn't take long. If all you do is disruptively innovate, you create a lot of energy but it doesn't last. Right, right. And so what we're saying is we need some systems-based disruptive innovators. Yes. (laughs) So that being said, we think it's absolutely essential that a new youth worker, an old youth worker, always be bringing fresh creative ideas. They just don't need to bet the farm on those Mm. ideas. Mm. For example, when I wrote family-based youth ministry, my idea was cancel everything, we're going to do family-based. Well, the resistance was so immense that it took many more years to actually get it implemented than it really should have taken, Mm. right? The thought here is we get back to your original question. The reason we think a great youth leader doesn't come in and bring a vision is because every youth leader is an interim. Everybody's leaving. What we want to do is steward or maybe midwife the vision of the congregation, and give language to that so that when we go, they are continuing to live out their vision, not canning ours and importing another from some other superstar youth director. I would always say to my boss, I'm not confused, my job is not to bring a vision. My job is to steward your vision, the vision of the leadership of the Mm -hmm. church. One of the things that you talk about is the way a youth director runs, I, th- I think it was more the, the volunteer meeting or a parent meeting. or Yeah, it, this is where the podcast gets really exciting. This is exciting. As we talk about preparing great agendas. Oh. Huh? Is that the best? Get, get your moleskins out, people. Here we go, guys. <laughs> um, no, the truth is the way we lead meetings either convinces the folks that we're leading, mm-hmm. that they can trust us and that we are clear thinkers that can lead them forward, or that we are fuzzy and meandering and uh, they're probably not going to go behind us to take a hill, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so the idea behind this whole concept that you and I have been knocking around in terms of agendas is we have, we have discovered that when we go into a place and we prepare a good agenda and have a great meeting, people start to relax and get to work. Mm. When you go in with sort of this, well, we have these 14 things we'd like to talk about. We like, let's talk about, let's discuss the summer mission trips. That's going to be a dead meeting. <laughs> right. There's there's a four step outline, and this is not teaching. This is leading your leaders meeting, your parent meeting, any place where you're trying to build momentum for your ministry. Okay. The first one is just the gathering, and this is not a throwaway. I mean, a lot of a lot of people start their meetings with a devotion or a prayer or something like that, but what you're doing with your gathering time is creating a culture. And it is a culture that is either comfortable and people feel invested and grateful, and or it's a culture where people, you know, kind of got their arms folded mm. and they're like, "Can we just get on with it? Let's just get on with it." Yep, yep. And it, actually, in highly anxious meetings, they will want to skip over the gathering time. They want to get to the. Come on, we got problems to talk about. Let's get to our problems. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> But in, in the opening, you know, of course, in our tradition, we always begin our meetings with prayer. But then following the prayer, we always have a check-in question. And until the anxiety has calmed down, we always invite a check-in question that allows people to voice uh, with an accent of gratitude. Um, so who's a student or a leader this month that is giving you reason to be thankful? Uh, once something that's happened over the summer uh, where you saw uh, something, a fresh wind of God's Spirit happening, just letting them identify. You know, what's a hope yeah. What's a hope or a dream you have? So we get them out of the grit of mm-hmm. the mess by asking a question on the front end. So just a, just we call it a go-around question, and we don't say, anyone want to share? I say, okay, we're going to start with Jonathan. We're going to go around the circle, right? right? Uh, Everybody needs to know what the rules are. If they know what the rules are, they'll be fine. They're welcome to pass, but they almost never do. Everybody has a little story to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, Then once that's done, we go to this section I call updates. And in updates, this is the time not to discuss. It's the time to say, bam, 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 look at what God has done. Bam, 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 bam. So grateful for these kids. Bam, bam, bam. So grateful for these leaders. Let me tell you what happened. Last week we had the, right? Last year we had six kids. This year we got 14 kids signed up for the mission trip. We had six uh, parent volunteers came in and painted a mural on our wall. and Whatever it is, we just have to pay attention to what the results that God is bringing and then shine a light on them. And that's good and bad, I would imagine, too. Like, all right, you know what? That happened. It wasn't as many as last year, but it's this, these are the facts, or these all positive. We want to focus on We the are, um, that's a great question, Jonathan. Thank you. We get to craft the narrative. And the, as Hollywood knows, the one who tells the best story wins. That's right. That's right. And so we can craft the narrative, however. Now, let me be clear this is not spin doctoring, mm-hmm. this is just. Everybody crafts a narrative. And we can decide, well, last year we had 15, and this year we only had 14. We thought we were going to have 20, but, you know, they had a thing. Right? That is a culture creator and a momentum killer. Mm. So what we focus on catapults us forward or keeps us stuck. So if we use metaphors that are like, well, it feels like we're 
the youth group or death eaters has sucked the life out of our ministry, right? It's you, the metaphors we use define us. The stories we tell define where we're headed. So we have to be very deliberate to craft a narrative that moves us forward. Like now that. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean those other things are not happening, but they sing back up to the places where we go bam bam bam. This is what's happening. This is not like a total report on everything, but it's sort of a, it's maybe even more of a progress report mm. than just mm-hmm. uh, just the facts, man. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just want to be clear: we cannot be totally objective. So knowing that, we get to be the bard, and we're singing the identity to this congregation. We're telling them who they are. Mm-hmm. It's so, and and everybody wants to know the story of who they're becoming. Right. Yeah. And, and that's true in a parent meeting. That's true right. in a volunteer meeting. That's true in a staff meeting. Yeah. It's just, okay, okay, yeah, it's so good. So, so sometimes good. you're going to hand this agenda out, like at a right. committee meeting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just working in your head. Hey, uh-huh. we're going to do this check-in question. I just want to give you a quick update on what's going on. Bam, 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 bam. Uh-huh. Oh, and you're all, and typically, you are affirming what God is doing in someone else, not, you know, I've been in meetings where, where a staff person will say, we're working really hard. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty tired. <sighs> you know, yeah. it's that, yeah. don't we're talk losing. about what we're doing, how, yeah. hard I, how hard I'm working. I want to celebrate Johnny, and I want to celebrate Susie, and I want to celebrate Miss Johnson, who yeah. brought the cookies every stinking week last That's year. Right. Right? That's right. Okay. Because what's celebrated is repeated. Yeah, right, right. Celebrate, repeat. Right, come on. Awesome, love it. Then we move to decisions. Now, this is the place where most youth workers just make a list of topics. And the worst thing you can do in a meeting is have no clearer agenda than discuss. (laughs) If what you're doing is discuss the summer mission trip or discuss youth group, Mm. well, all of a sudden... That thing is has stopped moving, and we're just going to swirl. Well, I heard about this, and down the street they got that. Did you know about that? Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As opposed to ask, asking a very specific question. For example, we might say, you know, we're really struggling uh, retaining our kids after confirmation. We'd like to set the timer for five minutes, and I want you to throw out everything you got about confirmation. So we call it brainstorm confirmation ideas, five Mm -hmm. minutes, right? So we're given a boundary to it. We're not just going to say discuss confirmation. Well, what are they talking about down there? Have you seen that curriculum? I mean, the right? Uh But we're just saying we're brainstorming, whatever the thing is. Or instead of saying, you know, talk about summer mission trip, you can say, um, we'd like to propose a date for the summer mission trip. How does this look? Mm -hmm. And so if it cannot be clearly answered, Mm -hmm. then you don't want it. In your meeting. <laughs> right, right. You want because what moves a meeting is making a decision and taking action. And churches mm-hmm. are famous for having meetings where we do neither. Right. We just right. chat it up around the table and leave the room to come back next month and have the very same conversation. Leaders, if you want real leaders, you want eagles on your team, they will not stand for that and they'll leave. They, they won't complain. They'll just go work so, for a leader that'll that'll lead them. That's so good. Right? Yep. Because that feels like progress. Like, oh, people are sharing right. now. People are really bearing their heart. Now we're getting it. And people are admitting that they think confirmation stinks. Da, da, da. And we're going, but we're still just going around and around. We're just and turning. Around. We're yeah, just spinning the wheels. Right. It's so yeah. good. 
So we go through however many decisions, usually, you know, no more than five. And sometimes the decision is we've got 60 problems in our ministry that people have brought to me. We can only deal with five right now. What five do we want to identify? That's a great one, right? Yeah. So you get through your, your decision time. And as you're going, you're just identifying who's carrying the monkey out of the room. Right. You know, the monkey on your back. Who's responsible to take the next step? Church meetings, the monkey hides under the table and nobody takes it out. And again, we we hardly ever try to have meetings where we say, okay, Sue, would you report on what your assignment was last time? Mm-hmm. Before the meeting, we've called Sue. We found out what she figured oh, out because half good. the time Sue won't do it, right? Right. right. Three fourths of the time Sue. You won't heard do about it. Sue? Yeah, we That's know Sue. Yeah, you heard we about. We call that. Sue. <laughs> we say, uh, "How'd that go?" She'll say, "Oh, I forgot." Uh-huh. And I'm giving you. Uh, so, can maybe in the next couple of days, could you get that done? Give me a call. I want to add that into my agenda. Mm-hmm. So I'm reporting for Sue rather than Sue, um, rather than Sue bringing to the table. Well. You know, we can't really update the database because, you know, kids, people don't answer their phone anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought about calling, but, you know, people never answer their phone. Mm-hmm. And you want to know that answer before you get to the meeting. <laughs> right, right. Um, oh, that's good. So we work through all of that. So gathering, updates, decisions. And then the last one is sending. It's very quick. We're just identifying when are we meeting again. Let's quickly review who's doing what as we leave here. And let's pray for each other. In the process, if you work that process, I know it feels really stilted, but if you work that process, the possibility of great laughter and great tears is huge. Mm. You suddenly have a you have the the foundation for real community to happen because people aren't bringing their million anxieties about if we don't fix this thing, my kid is never gonna my kid's going to another church and right they got all that stuff they're brewing. If we can have this sort of stuff and say, we're going to take one little baby step forward every time we're moving forward, people relax and they start getting to work. That's great. Oh, that's so good. So the four things, gathering, updates, decisions, and sending. And and that can help people, let people know, hey, number one, I'm not an idiot. You can run a great meeting. And I I really love what you said too about um, a great leader attracts great leaders. Uh, and that's one of the things I think the church has been sorely missing on. Yeah. And we youth leaders, mm-hmm. we youth pastors, are famous for loving the identity of being disorganized. Oh, yeah. And that'll work fine as long as you want B- minus or C- minus leaders following mm-hmm. behind you. If you want people that will take actual weight off of your shoulders, you need A leaders. Yeah. And A leaders will not follow you if you are sloppy and disorganized in the way you lead a meeting. Don't waste their time. I love it. I love it. And we're back. So hopefully you did take plenty and plenty of notes from Co- that interview. Copious. Copious <laughs> amounts. Copious notes. Copious. Um, hopefully I don't, you don't, I don't have use a hand that. cramp or... I don't use that? that word in any other... It's Purple just tunnel. copious notes. Copious notes? I don't know I what else I've ever else heard the word copious co- used in anything I think other that's than it. Notes. I think that's it. It's only, only notes can there. be copious. Yes. Anyway, well, going right. back to the point. So, again, I have a whole bunch of stuff that stood out to me. Should I just go ahead and I would dive in. I would just go for it, yeah. So (laughs) the the phrase that I really, really enjoyed was, um, every youth pastor is an interim. That they should, on some level, recognize that they are there for a season, they're there for a time. They should also think about their successor. 
And they should also maybe have some humility about how influential they are. And, and by the way, this is coming from a man that was at the same church for like 30 years. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Like, this is yeah. not a guy saying, oh, listen, you're temporary. You're only here for a couple years. That's a man that was temporary for 30 years, and it's mm-hmm. still temporary. Yeah. Like, no, it's yeah. still temporary. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the idea of leaving well and being able to hand off something to someone else, that's huge. It's Imagine huge. if we were to grow up our replacements through our ministry instead mm-hmm. of vacating them and bringing in someone else. Oh, my goodness. That's something that, like, whenever mm. at my current church, when my time is done, whether it's in two years or 20. Mm-hmm. I hope that there's someone that I personally groomed that I just say, yo, dude, take this. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just yep. something to the extent where it's not this wide nationwide search where we're bringing in every yeah. candidate. It's just, hey, this person's grown up among us and they are ready. We've trained them. It's it, 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 it's a, I, th- I think it's a big dream, but, uh, and it's really tricky to quite do that right unless you're being promoted within your organization, mm-hmm. which in, in, in some mainline denominations, that's not even a possibility. Right. You know, which is a little bit tricky. So, you know, uh, so I think that's a little, um, yeah, so that, that, that kind of hurts my heart a little bit. <laughs> um, the, the other thing, though, that as we talk about this, that kind of stands out to me. I don't know if this is, I think this is wisdom. Uh, mm. So I'm going to say it. Uh, and then we'll get angry letters. But tweets. Yeah. We'll get angry tweets. Um, your job is temporary. Don't say that to other people. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like this, that is not an encouraging right. word for your volunteers to hear. That is not an encouraging word for the parents or the students to hear. Uh, I think in like youth ministry circles, it, with your volunteers, you might say, hey, listen, I might be here 20 years, but that's still temporary. You know, you have to like couch mm-hmm. it in that term. But let it frame your thinking. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, because, because of the fact that I feel like everyone's sort of worried that you're only around for 18 to 24 months. Right. So you don't want to ever say that your job is temporary. I think mentally you've got to approach it. I'm going to be here a long stinking time. Yep. And, yeah. you know, but you also have to keep the big picture that, you know, we're, we're not the owners of the gospel. Right. We just steward it for a little bit of time. And so, um, no, that's good. Yeah. So keep that in mind as you continue to train up. So Jonathan, do you have any Oh, I, I have tons what, of things. I wasn't sure if you had more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there was so much he said. So uh, I, I actually was really taken a lot by what he said about meetings. So, yeah, me but too. that was me later. Too. Did you have stuff that he said before the meetings? Because I don't want to jump into the meetings pool until it's time. I mean, he did mention every church needs to have its own vision for its youth ministry, not just bringing a youth pastor that has theirs. Yes, that stood out to me too mm-hmm. because just the idea. Uh, if you're if you're looking for a job and it says, hey, we want the person to bring in the vision, that he's in his words, they're dead in the water already. Yeah, that's just a crazy thought yeah. of like, whoa, that's a strong statement. But yeah. guess what? Like, if the youth ministry is attached to the vision of the church as a whole, yeah. that's going to be something that's already established. It's going to be, hey, kid, join up. You're going to be doing what we're doing already. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting thing. So um, I asked him about that because there's a free book, an ebook on their website, on the Ministry Architect's website. And it go, I think it's like the Epic Fails or whatever, something like that. Uh, and youth ministry, and that was one of them, and it re- that, j- that jumped off the page for me, as you say. And so I, I wanted to know more. The, the thing I thought about later was that I'm worried that now we're going to make uh, people applying for jobs smart alecky. So you know what I mean? Like, well, I was interested. Let me just ask this. You know, like, yeah. like, like you don't want to come in and, and be Mr. Know-it-all or Miss Know-it-all. 
you want to be able to graciously say, you know, as much as I understand that like my job is to help form uh, the vision of the youth ministry, I want you to understand under me, the vision of the youth ministry will always be as part of the vision of the overall church. So what is the overall vision of the church? Because I just think it's a buzzword to say, we want you to come in with the uh, and help form a vision for our youth ministry, right? right. It, it well, actually it sounds it, attractive. Oh, it's to word it like that because we right. talked about being unleashed last week. Yeah, uh-huh. this sounds like you're unleashing me, baby. Yeah. Yes, I get to do what I. Oh, this is so good. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, depending on what they mean by that sentence, right? They could totally uh, yeah. be setting you up for failure, and, and I think that that's a really important thing. That that it, it could be a wonderful thing where you can actually come in and actually say, "I refuse to be a silo." Right, and the other side of that is that the the vision could be really weak. It's like, well, our vision is make. Disciples have a strong youth ministry. Exactly, oh. like it could be something to the extent of where they don't—they're not operating out of a specific vision yeah. that they're really convicted by mm-hmm. God on. It's just yeah. we, we kind of exist, and yeah. that can be flushed out in that whole process. I, I don't like it that um, every church that we we apparently think is not right has so far had a southern accent. We, we really need to watch. We, we <laughs> well, need to I check ourselves. That. Uh, I, either that, or we're just trying to do an impression of Mark DeVries. <laughs> Maybe a, that's the problem. The official we're just we're just doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. So in the instance of, let's say a church brings in someone to, quote, have a vision for the youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. I, I just know I'm thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Every church has a vision. And if a church doesn't know how to articulate it up front, mm-hmm. then they could get a year into the job, and then the church could be like, you know what, you don't jive with us. Yep. It's I, like, well, why? Because you don't do youth ministry the way we like. It's you, like, but we never... But, but you said but, I could do but whatever. I, but I, but you hired me. So then I think it's yeah. maybe a case of every church needs to be self-aware, has to know its implicit expectations yeah. of the youth ministry. If they yeah. can't say it out loud, that that might cause a problem further down the road. I, I have a friend actually that was actually just. Um, asked to resign from his position, and um, there's always blame. You know, I mean, like you have to you have to accept the blame mm. you have yeah. uh, on your side, kind of a deal. But in his situation, I, I know the church pretty well, and I think the self aware factor when it comes to youth mm. ministry. They hired him because they could see, oh, this is this is going to be great. We always wanted someone like that. Uh, kind of checked off the maybe checked off the diver- diversity uh, thing and all mm. this kind of stuff. And all oh, this is going to be so great for our church. And then all of a sudden they were like, well, wait a second, that's not really the direction we wanted to go. And he was there going like, but you. You hired me, and I, I was always open and honest I was about... was always me. Yeah, and I was always open and honest about the direction I wanted to take the ministry. So it was such a hard thing to go through. But when a church isn't self-aware, uh-huh. it sets everyone up for failure, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so one of the other things that he spoke about that really stood out to me is leading meetings. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. All my notes, I think, are on that. I part. know, exactly. Because that is the part I am terrible at. I was going to say, apparently yeah. I need just, improvement in this just area. Just ask my volunteer but, leadership team. But yeah. like the, his quote where he said that leading meetings shows a great thinker or a fuzzy, reactive person. I'm just like, oh, Ooh. you're right. Like It's one of those things where you know your approach to these meetings, whether with parents or leaders or even students, but let's just mm. keep it parents and leaders, like... You're giving a message whether you know it or not, and you're either invoking confidence or you're creating objections. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it yeah. and it's and uh, being a youth leader, you're not known as a commanding, extra amazing thinker, you know. So like how you lead a meeting is going to 
really invoke confidence or create questions mm-hmm. through all of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to realize too, because sometimes, you know, hey, we've been in this game a long time. Guys, I got this. You right. know? But we also have to realize, listen, uh, number one, parents don't know you got this. Mm. Uh, parents may have just met you. They may have not just met you, but all they really know, like it doesn't matter. The, um, the, the prejudices that people bring toward youth directors, sometimes you have to deal with, right? Sure. Uh, no, no one's ever even gotten seriously hurt on my watch. And now that I've said that, <laughs> at least three people are going to remind me of times that, that happened. Yeah. But, but as, as far as I can remember, no one's really ever gotten seriously hurt on my watch. And yet... People are always like, oh, that doesn't sound safe. Oh, I'm not so sure about that. Mm. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, really? But I think it's important, and I tell this to my volunteer leaders all the time. Every parent meeting that you ever have, the number one question that is hopefully unsaid, and I'll explain that in a second, is can we trust you with our kid? Right. Every single parent meeting. So I want every leader to be answering that question without having to directly answer that question. And the reason I actually say is I hope it's not actually said out loud is, I mean, stop and think about this. If that question is actually said out loud at a parent meeting, mm, that's over. a really bad sign. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Jonathan, can we trust you with our kid? Yeah. <laughs> th- uh, if you have to ask, then the answer is you probably already feel like you can't. Um, and I think that th- and we, we, this sort of even, even seems to be a theme of the last few weeks where... It's important to always recognize what the underlying question is. Yeah. What's the underlying question? Mm-hmm. Uh, the underlying question at meetings is: Are you put together? Mm. Are, can, do I trust you? Do you have your stuff together? Uh, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to give you my most trusted thing, um, other meeting stuff. Um, I really love how he said about um, you got to make decisions and take action. That's what meetings are yes. for. Make a decision, take action. And I love that he was just open and honest. And churches are not known for doing either. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. and I'm just like, oh, and I, I, I appreciate it. He said, uh, churches, actually. I appreciated that. Someone just called me right there. That was awesome. <laughs> but I, I just appreciated that Mark DeVries was just like, you know, not just youth ministries, churches are known for having meetings that don't answer either one of those, that don't address either one of those. Um, something else, I'll just go ahead and see if you guys... Uh, I loved, and I've actually tweeted this out multiple times since this interview, the worst agenda ever uh, for a meeting. So you make an agenda, but the worst <laughs> agenda item ever is to discuss whatever. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so guilty of that. Oh yeah. Discuss the middle school retreat. No, don't discuss the middle school retreat. What is the thing you're worried about? Right. You know, discuss the low attendance we had at the middle school retreat or uh, discuss, you know, challenges we had last year, oh, whatever be it is. Be specific and we want to make a decision and take action. I don't just want to discuss it. Uh, and also I love that you said about the time limit. We're going to take five minutes here. We're going to talk about youth confirmation. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked mm-hmm. that idea of, okay, you know what? We were going to set the timer. Siri, five minutes. Yeah. Because then then if you have to cut it short, no one gets offended because, oh, we already said that. But if you have someone who's rambling for three minutes and something, and then you're like, well, we got to cut it short. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's offensive. I have found uh, it's really helpful to give people up front a basic outline for the evening. Mm. Because if you're just set up for an hour and a half meeting and you don't tell people the plan per every 10 minutes... People will get lost, and, and it's actually very easy for a, a meeting to be, to get hijacked yes. if you don't know how to bring it back to what, all right, we need to deal about this right now. Yeah, if we have nothing to bring it back to. Mm-hmm. If you're just so loosey-goosey, yeah, you have nothing to bring it back to. So, of course, I can hijack your meeting because we weren't going anywhere yeah. anyway. Exactly. Uh, I, I think that a lot of us can be guilty of that. Um, 
I have three other things, but I don't want to hijack this conversation. A, so yeah, you, thought, you go. Um, I, I had a mentor at one point who really kind of sat me down and I, I don't necessarily think I was uh, emotionally reactive, but he said the difference between a good and a bad leader is that a bad leader will be emotionally reactive, but a good leader will give a thoughtful response. And there's a very big difference between giving a reaction and then giving a response. So if you're in the midst of a meeting and someone brings up a potentially critical thing about you, your performance, or the youth ministry and how it's going, Mm -hmm. do you know how to not give an emotional reaction, Mm -hmm. but instead give a thoughtful response and maintain your composure? In some sense, because you know that your real identity is anchored in far more than your profession. Hmm. I mean, that kind of goes back to a previous interview that we did. It's like, it's important to be... grounded in your faith. Yep. Let your job be out of the overflow. Here's a quick, uh, I, now I feel bad because I give this piece of advice all the time. I'm pretty sure this hasn't come up yet, but this is just gold to me. This is actually one of my favorite gold nuggets is when something like that happens and comes up mm-hmm. to you and says, you know, hey, uh, John, uh, that class you did and you're all ready to be like encouraged. And you're like, <laughs> I thought it was heretical. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, oh, uh-huh. Um, it's interesting. Studies have shown this over and over and over again. Your first word needs to be a positive word, not a negative word. In mm. response? So in other words, not mm. no. What do you mean? In other words, oh. no. It, it's like, yeah, you know what? That's interesting. You thank know, you. Oh, yeah. not, not even like a thank you, but just if you say yes instead of no, but then say the same sentence you were going to say afterward, it's amazing how oh. much they're receptive to what you're about to say. Uh, yeah, you know what? That is interesting. Uh, I had some conversations about it and I was worried about walking the line, but I think in the end we did come out on the right side and, you know, Pastor Steve is on board or, you know, whoever it is that might, that, that, that you can have your back, whoever it is that has your back that say, you know what, actually, as we talked about it, uh, we really feel like we landed in the right place, but, um, no, say more, you know, so having a positive response and like you said, being right. grounded, mm-hmm. uh, really can help you start with a positive word as opposed to being defensive, mm-hmm. um, uh, and there's so much more we could actually even say about that that wasn't in this, but there's more about what Mark had to say. There's All of this goes back to the one thing that he said is that sometimes we love the idea of being unorganized. Like it, it kind of comes with the territory, like that's a great identity. And it's just not. And it's time for us to really take that professional leap and say, we're we're here to to gain trust and to lead people well and to just build confidence, you know? So mm-hmm. being organized is very key in that. Yeah. No, I, I think, how can I say this so weird? It sort of pains my heart that this has to be a conversation in youth ministry, but it also, I, I also don't want to pretend this has to be a conversation in youth ministry. Um, like, like you had said, um, we're known for being unorganized. Yeah, can we just change that in the next five years? Is that possible? Yes, please. But, I mean, but, is that the but, perception? Yeah. Is I, that the reality? I, you know, actually, I, I'm not so sure, but I, I would say that fun people are perceived to be unorganized. True. Um, I actually held up, I have this huge uh, Excel spreadsheet, it's ridiculously big, that, that shows my entire year, that we are planned out. I know what we're doing, when we're doing it, where we're going, all this kind of stuff. I'm going to totally pretend that uh, it was, you know, like, oh, hey, I have this great idea. Let's go to this concert that I heard about seven months ago and put on the calendar. <clears throat> but yeah, there, <laughs> like to have that... And I actually decided this year at my kickoff to show the parents that. And the words that came out of my mouth were not quite what I wanted to, but what I said was, um, I just want you to know, 
I'm actually far more organized than you might think I am. <laughs> you said that? Yeah. I was like, then you might think I am. I'm, I'm actually, I kind of have this down. Uh, so I just want you to know, if you have questions, feel free to come to me. What was the response? Um, was there a gasp? I, I, at a lot of my parent meetings, I make these jokes, and it's always like the two parents that are like first-timer visitors that are cracking up. Nice. And then everyone else was just like, did he just... I think that was funny. Okay, yeah. But no, they, they've all heard my spiels before. And, and to be honest, I absolutely love the parents of our youth group. Uh, a couple other things, because we are we are going over on time here, but I love that you said craft the narrative. I've actually used that multiple times since this interview uh, happened. Uh, I've said it to my interns. I've said it to my assistant. I'm like, but you know what, though? Without manipulating, we craft the narrative here. Uh, so that's just, that, that right there, I was always like, let's spend an hour on that. Um <laughs> He talked about how, you know, the way you lead a, a meeting can encourage people with leadership uh, abilities to either stay or leave. I thought that was, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've experienced that personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I realized, oh, my way of leading actually encourages leaders to not be a part of my group. Uh, he also talked about follow-up, which is something I don't necessarily think about very much. But, you know, hey, Sally, uh, we asked you if you would go ahead and call these people. Have you done that yet? Because I just want to put it on the agenda. Um that almost was like that. That sniffed of manipulation a little bit there, <laughs> but it was like for Jesus, so that's all right. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so it, but it was it was interesting to me about how how he kind of th- those things to me were were really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, like I said, I feel so bad. There's so much here, but is there other stuff? Because I'm also so excited to talk about part two. Because uh, yeah, it's so good. Yes. Um, and 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 like you said, Mark DeVries, look him up. Get buy his books. It, oh, everything, absolutely. everything he's put down on paper is worth reading. Uh, yeah, every I mean, single thing. Yeah. So, uh, 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 closing thoughts. No, I. This is certainly something. It's probably even worth going back and listening to again because yeah. I think you're going to pick up things. Um, and just there, ama- the way he describes it is so succinct and like quotable that mm-hmm. um, some of these things need to be written down and put on your desk beside your computer. Yeah. John, yeah, that was actually a great summation. I was about to say, how do I top and... that? Or add to it? Yeah, good job. <laughs> we should have put this on an agenda. There you go. Know. We would know how to close. But that is our time limit. The discussion is done, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jonathan Hobbs. I'm John Chafee, and I'm Johnny Radcliffe. Thank you for listening to the J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. Jay, Jay, Jay.